going on everyone welcome to episode number 53 here on the proven knowledge podcast this is the creator series today i welcomed a guest he's a producer specifically in the realm of sync licensing he has a really dope youtube channel and social media he goes by the name of excalibur zero uh, we actually connected originally through Adam Ivey's Cell Music Masterclass back in 2018. I believe he was also in uh, the inaugural class that I was in for that. And I remember following him on Facebook, and I really enjoyed his content and everything. And I reached out to him probably a few months back when I was booking um, guests for the podcast again. So I was glad to get him on the episode. Uh, we talked specifically in the realm of sync uh, about his journey through working with signature tracks and kind of doing metadata and back-end work for them and then being able to have opportunities with a bunch of different TV networks and shows which he touches on in, in the episode. Um, sync licensing is like I think I've mentioned this before it's a very um, interesting realm and it's a realm that a lot of people have overlooked as far as being able to generate income so it was interesting to get his perspective as to someone that's already had placements and um, kind of just give you guys a different perspective because there's always you know be an artist be a producer and just do that but it's like there's a lot of other avenues as well um and as someone like myself that's trying to get into that world uh, i think it's important to share you know a different perspective and everything and on top of that i think um excalibur zero just his channel and the information he's spreading uh is very important and very um vital to up-and-coming musicians so I appreciated his time today, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a little bit different than uh, anyone we've done before. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, well, welcome everyone to episode number 53 here on the Proven Knowledge Podcast. This is the Creator Series. Today's guest is a Virginia native. He's a really dope producer, got a great YouTube channel, great social media. Uh, I found this guy through Adam Ivey's uh, Cell Music Masterclass actually a few years back, and he goes by the name of Scalibur Zero. How are you, man? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm great. And like I said, very happy to have you here today, uh, taking time out of your schedule to, you know, join the platform. So basically to start every episode off, you know, we just have the guests give a little bit of background information as to how they got started in music, kind of where your stage name came from as well. Just the basics for those that might not be familiar with you and your work. Okay, for sure. So ever since I was like in sixth grade, I knew that I was going to do music somewhere, somehow. I started off with trumpet, and then eventually I moved from band and went to, like, choir, then went back to band. And then when I was 15 in high school, I got introduced to FL Studio from a friend, and I was really interested in music at that time. So him introducing me that, like, really struck, a you know, an interest. And um, I started producing then. I started uh, using FL Studio 5, I think, at the time. And, I, you know, I was at it every day after school. I was in band. Then I would go home, make music, and I, you know, it it was something I knew I was going to be doing. So mm-hmm. fast forward to when I was 18, I graduated from high school, and I got into Full Sail University. And from there, um, I went to school for three years with the Recording Arts Bachelor's Degree. And after I graduated, I got an opportunity to work with a company called Signature Tracks for um, sync licensing. So what I did was I ended up interning them for them for about six months. All right, it was seven months with no pay, and then eventually they brought me on board full-time and uh, worked with them for about six years, so that's kind of my background. And as far as Excalibur Zero, um, the name, I'm really random. Like, I'm really weird and random and just goofy, and in high school, I, I was just, like, you know, just a typical class clown, just being 
goofy and uh that's pretty much how i got my name by just being really random this i literally i think it just said it one time in band class <laughs> said like excalibur zero for no reason and it just stuck with me ever since hmm. yeah like i remember seeing your profile like on adam's like on the facebook group and i was like that's a cool name like i wonder what this guy does <laughs> and i saw you were like a producer and everything so i'm like oh i gotta follow this dude because he seems he seems pretty cool so i your name is probably one of the most unique names i've seen in a while so um and as far as like the sync licensing goes, I'm going to get into that later in the episode because I know that that's something you kind of specialize in now. That's like a big part of like your brand and kind of what you're doing and everything. Um, but For sure. so as far as like you said, you got FL like five. So this is probably what around like the mid early 2000s, correct? Kind of like when you got into music. Yeah, it was like 2007. Yeah. 2007 is when I started. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've been at it for a for a long time, honestly. For yeah, like man. Thirteen yeah, plus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's incredible, man. Uh, glad to hear it. So I see right now you're in. I assume your home studio, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I can only assume that you've been pretty much just creating from there for the past year through like the pandemic and everything. Like, what has the last year for you kind of looked like? Is has there been any challenges or obstacles facing you and your music, or have you kind of just been able to work through it? For sure. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely been challenges. Last year around this time, I think it was this week, uh, I ended up quitting the job that I was working on to do music full time. Mm-hmm. So it was my first year this past year, just getting on my feet and kind of learning how to really sustain, you know, take care of bills while making an income for yourself mm-hmm. um, on my own with just music. So there was definitely lots of challenges that I've learned through the time. And, you know, I've been able to sit here and create and spend more time creating not just music, but content as well, which is really, you know, it, it just, you know, as a creative, as music creators, I feel like being able to create is what we do best is what makes us happy. It's what mm-hmm. puts us in flow state and everything like that. So I think being able to take this past year through the pandemic, kind of being locked down, forced to be in a bubble um, really did help with that creative side. But as far as learning the, the size of business, it was definitely a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, like, I've heard every single week, I kind of ask a similar question to every guest since this whole thing began, because I started this kind of when the pandemic was just getting going, and I was asking people, like, what they've been up to. Most people, I'm glad to hear that they have actually found some type of, you know, important um, meaning in this whole thing, pretty much, and been able to kind of lock in on some uh, goal, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people didn't have the opportunity to be able to do that either they were sick or their family members have been sick or something like that something crazy um so it's always good to hear when people are able to take something that's really not a good situation for a lot of people and continue to find the good through that so i'm glad to hear that you know everything's kind of been moving in the right direction for you and i think that's great that you've been able to finally get to the point where music is bringing that income that you've that you need you know what i mean and being able to like you said i totally agree it's like you want obviously we need money, right? Like we need money to survive and everything, but like we're all working toward the point of being able to make money from what we love because that's the ultimate goal. When you get the time and the money, that's what everyone wants. So it's like, I commend you for that, honestly. So, uh, I appreciate that. Great work on that, man. Especially through, like I said, a very crazy year. So I'm interested for you to see who your main musical influences are. That could be producers, artists, like who are some people that when you were growing up, you listened to a lot and made you say, you know, I want to do music one day. Man, that's a good question. I think, uh, since being from Virginia, definitely like Pharrell, Timbaland to start off with when I was really younger, like their beats, 
at the times, especially at the late 90s, early 2000s, were just way different than anybody else's. And I always say that Virginia has its own bounce to it. And they really, you know, introduced Virginia with, you know, the Neptunes and stuff like that. They introduced Virginia's music scene um, strong. So definitely starting off with them, I was really, really, really into Eminem growing up. Um, I feel like Eminem really influenced me to, like, just do music. I, I think that he, you know, him coming from where he came from and being able to create a name for himself, while the author against him as well was really dope. I think that Eminem was big for me as far as an artist. Uh, and other producers, I really like the internet scene. So I, I got started off, you know, with the music producing internet scene really early back in like the SoundClick days and mm-hmm. stuff. And seeing people like Superstar O, Vibe Beats, uh, Johnny Giuliano, all of those type of producers come from that and to see where they are now. Um, those are some, you know, big influences as well. And I think that just the, the, the general sound of the early 2000s R&B style um, is a big influence for me as well because that's kind of the sound that I implement with my music. Mm-hmm. So I asked uh, a producer named OK Coop, who was on my show, I asked him this question. Have you read Timbaland's autobiography by chance? Have you no, I have chance? not. Okay, it's called, I think I have it. No, I don't have it down there yet. I think I took it downstairs. But it's called Emperor of Sound, so you should look that up. <clears throat> Great book. Highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's really cool if you're like a fan of his music because you get to hear kind of like his whole backstory about when he was growing up and everything and kind of like the challenges he overcame. But like, even for someone starting out in music, like I read it when I first, right before I started music and I was like kind of on the fence, that book kind of showed me like this is possible. Cause like if he went through all that and became who he was like, really you could do this. You just have to continue to work. You know what I mean? So Highly recommend. I might have to send you the link for that book because it's a great book. Yeah, please do, man. Yeah, I will. I, I love Timberland, man. I feel like what he's doing now for the producer community too, as well. Like just bringing the community together is really dope. So I, I have to check it out. You said it's the Emperor of Sound. Yeah, Emperor of Sound is the name. He co-wrote it with someone else. I forget the author's name, but great book. Yeah, though I, right, I'm sure. I'm intrigued to see what Timberland does with this whole B Club thing because I know he's been trying to get that off the ground as like a new like site, kind of like Beat Stars, but not really. Like I'm. I don't know. I might have to check that out and just see what that's about. What do you think about For that? Sure. Have you read anything about that yet? I have a friend that was actually um, going in and trying to be hired with them. I don't know if he ended up getting it, but I think that what it's basically based around is the producer community, but also a direct link almost to like the industry where it's like B-Stars, but more industry people can be able to uh, download premium music or mm. you know buy premium music from there from what i've seen so far i could be wrong mm. but he's been saying it's going to be out coming out for a while so i'm just waiting where is it at where is it at timbaland yeah i was in like a couple clubhouse rooms too because they held like one with pretty much some of the main like producers in the industry kind of talking about beat club and everything and i'm like it intrigues me i did just get on beat stars though so i really don't want to move like all my catalog over somewhere else so i'm like uh, oh, yeah. uh like bad timing but I'll still check it out either way. Um, it's kind of intriguing. So I'm not sure how many people you collaborate with, like on music. Like it could be musicians or I don't know anyone close to you. Is there anyone that like you really enjoy working with, kind of together, and you guys have like a, a good chemistry going? Is there anyone you can think of? Yeah, there's a few people. Um, so I work closely with uh, uh, different producers off Instagram. Um, Beats by Danny is one of them. We collabed in the studio a few times. We just had really good sessions where it just felt seamless, where it didn't feel forced. We were just able to create and not come from a space where we're forcing anything. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed 
a couple of collabs that we did with him. I have a friend named Alex who also worked with me at Signature Tracks. He's a guitarist. He's really dope. I like working with him as well. Um, I've worked with RMC Beats, uh, and, and he's a big, you know, on Instagram, he's a big content creator. He's really dope as well because he, he's really good on the keys, so we're able to, uh, you know, be able to incorporate his R&B melody sound with my R&B, like, bounce to it, and I really like collaborating with him. And then I have a few friends that I, I grew up pretty much producing with off this site named Be- uh, War Beats. It was like a beat battle site, and they were, like, the reigning kings on that site, and I ended up um, challenging them we like faced each other in a couple of rounds and it was dope because after the, the challenge we were able to become friends and still collaborate to this day um their names are kryptonite and logic beats and uh those are the, the main ones right now that i really collab with um as far as music mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty dope and it's glad to hear that you have like a lot of long-term friends too like the people you started out with are still like doing it and everything so that's super awesome i'm like i'm a huge fan of actual like musicians too because there's so many possibilities as a producer where you can get someone that they can play the keys very well or they can play guitar very well and you can just be like let's just get in and just see what we can do you know what i mean like we can just start from scratch and it's something about the musicality like the real human element where like because my i myself you probably can because you're better than me i assume but i can't really play many instruments like it's good to have people that are like skilled in that area to where you can like work together and make something even better that to me is the best the best part of like collaboration in general so 100 percent, i agree with that yeah. i think that being able to you said it perfectly that to create that musicality and just have you know different creative energies put together in the same room it, it's crazy it's, mm-hmm. it's dope to be able to be a part of because it's not about monetary reasons it's not about you know the fame or anything like that it's literally just about creating and that's mm-hmm. that's what i that's what i've like definitely have come back to be grounded with this being able to come from a space of creativity and just enjoy it have fun with it and i think that you know this last lockdown really helped me take a step back and realize like you know this stuff is about music at the end of the day it's mm-hmm. about creating and you know you hit it right on the, the head with the, the musicality you know so mm-hmm. i agree with that yeah absolutely so as far as you just mentioned monetary you know stuff whatever unfortunately the business is still a part of what we do so is there any type of business advice that you didn't know before that you know now that you would tell someone who doesn't have the information now, be like, you know, you should watch out for this and try and avoid, you know, if you try to get what I'm saying, like, is there any right. piece of business advice you'd give someone who doesn't know it already, I guess, as far as music is concerned? I think that for if you're a musician, I highly, highly recommend building a website. And I think that people really underutilize building websites. And I'm not just talking about having a BeatStars Pro page. I'm talking mm-hmm. about actually building a site on WordPress or, uh, you know, Weebly or, you know, Squarespace. Um, because being able to gain that traffic, especially for producers who are doing type beats and stuff like that, to be able to gain that traffic, Google is the number one search engine in the world and the number two search engine is is youtube which is also owned by google so being able to lock down on a niche or not lock down on a keyword that people can look you up by so if you're a musician who's talented with the guitar melodies that sound like metallica if you're optimizing your page your website for that that specific keyword people mm-hmm. will run into you will find you that will build more traffic for you and that will really help grow your business and scale your business way quicker than um you know trying to just you know message out different artists or producers online and stuff like that. So I, I, I've already built my first website and now, now I'm working with another person on my second website, which is, 
you know, separate from being able to use BSTARS Pro Player. Mm-hmm. It's just being able to, um, it's all, you know, on my own website. Like, all my music's uploaded on, by myself. I'm not using a third-party plugin or anything like that. So I highly recommend people who are in, you know, music, definitely uh, definitely set up a BSTARS, or not BSTARS, a, a website, and then also create different streams of revenue. So when you're doing a website, you're going to be able to optimize the fact that you can have a keyword um on a blog post so you can basically make blog posts directed towards certain keywords and those keywords will build more traffic to that page and the more traffic on that page the more people want to advertise on your page so that's another stream of revenue you can sell products on that page uh you know if you have a blog post you're basically educating your audience but if there's a product that you can plug within that educational part um you can build a landing page off of that which will help you you know get paid it's a diff- different stream of revenue. Mm. You're going to have affiliation. You can build affiliation pages on your website as well. That's another stream of revenue. So I think that being able to optimize off a website and just make the, the brand around either you or a brand that you create that you can optimize off of using a website, that's the, the, best, uh, the best route, in my opinion, that mm. you can take right now. Absolutely. And the thing about that is it's like you get to control the platform because if you're on all these other sites – while they're you know helpful and whatnot, you're you don't get to control how that runs. You know what I mean? Because it's owned by someone else. So it's like if you do build a site, even if it's from scratch or like with Wix or something, you have more control already because you can view all the numbers and your stats and everything and how your sales are going to sure. work. So I think that's just really common sense because you have to be able to control how your business is going to move and how it's going to change. And if you have it all in a nice central place where, you know, like your customer can find you. That's probably the best thing you can do in general. So for sure. That's super, I agree. that's super, super valuable, honestly. Um, so let's get into the sync licensing part. Cause I know right now, you know, you've, you've done a ton of stuff already. Um, talk about your experiences with that so far, as far as like how you got into that, kind of what the general process looks like specifically for producers, I guess is what I would say. Obviously any musician can, you know, get their music in film and TV, you know, depending on who they get in contact with, but talk about your experiences with that so far. For sure. So basically how I got in, I I think I mentioned this earlier as well is I got in through a career development program from my school full sale. It was basically a sync library that was looking for an intern and I was going to be doing administration work. So I got in basically doing metadata, a lot of back-end work, um, cue sheets and stuff like that. So basically I got on with this music library. And the music library is basically, uh, you know, just a catalog of music where production companies and networks that make these TV shows can pretty much source their music from. And they basically build, you know, blanket licenses with these companies. That way they can use as much music as they need under one agreement. So... I got in with them, and from that opportunity, about a year later, I was able to start composing for them. And I I was already composing at that point. I was already producing, but I kind of needed to learn the ropes of TV. TV has a different format to it. you got to kind of understand the sound. And at first, when I started, I was making the mistake to think that the music that you need to make for TV is cheesy, and that's what really hurt me at the beginning to get in placements Mm. until I started realizing that making music has for TV has its own sound, but you also need to incorporate your own sound with that on top of that. So you got to understand the sound that's great for TV, which is very, you know, very plucky and uh, comedic or, you know, dramatic, uh, anything that draws emotion on top of, you know, if you're a producer that has like good drums or, you know, anything like that. So that's the kind of the route that I started to take. And I was working admin for them for six years up until last year. 
and on top of that, all as well as composing. So I was just building my own catalog within their music library over the years. Um, and to get into that, like now, you don't definitely don't need to get into like full sale or anything like that. I think that any producer can really go on and look up music libraries. I put this on a YouTube video as well, but a really good way to find a lot of music libraries is type in music library directory on Google, and you'll find a ton of different libraries that you can reach out to and just basically submit your music to and you don't need to have a you don't need to be a producer who has a ton of accolades as long as you you know confident as long as you're confident in your sound and you know that you have music that people like you're going to be able to get your music placed on television you just got to find the right home the right library for yourself so that's a good way to get started and that's you know kind of the route that i would suggest to any producers who are trying to get started is look into music libraries um you know, have a have a few examples that you can showcase to them, and then build your mini albums or mini catalogs within that library. And you can work with multiple libraries depending on the agreement that you sign. So, mm-hmm. I would recommend working for like you know, looking for a big list, and then try to get into at least two or three um, and work with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's been a, such a maze for me as far as like learning about that world because I didn't really start learning until last summer, and I kind of dug into it more and like discovered like music supervisors like what that was and like libraries and everything i'm still like in the process of trying to find like a library that would fit what i'm trying to do and everything because i got so much music that's not being used i'm like this is just going to waste like this could be used for something i'm like i know it could be used for something so like i'm just trying to take my time with it and see like where i can go that stuff will be utilized and everything obviously i feel like I need to get a little better in certain areas as well. And like, I feel like someone like yourself, you're more seasoned. Like you have had the practice a little more as far as like that world goes and everything. But I, I really like, it's interesting to see how it's going. Cause I know even in the last year when everything, when like live shows were shut down and everything, people lost a lot of income. So a lot of people viewed sync as like a way to make up for the loss of that income. But <clears throat> I, I, don't, I guess I don't know enough about it to be like, it's getting, I don't think it's like oversaturated. I don't think it can become oversaturated because it's just like anything else where there's always an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like even with artists, it's like, there's always an artist for you. You just have to find the right one. So I think it's probably the same as that, but it's, it's just very fascinating to me. And like, it's, inter- it's interesting to get like the perspective of someone that's already done it. So, like, I appreciate you sharing that, which uh, I think you already mentioned this, but what was the library called that you're with right now? Yeah, I was working for uh, Signature Tracks. Okay. Signature Tracks was the library, and I still I still compose music for them. I just don't work full-time admin with them uh, anymore. Okay. But, yeah, that's the, that's the company that I worked with. So, so I'm interested as far as, like, what you've been placed so far, like your placements in TV. Is there anyone that, like, oh, yeah. stood out to you that was kind of your favorite one, you think? Uh, recently, I got one on Jimmy Kimmel Live, which was pretty dope. Uh, Rhythm and Flow, which is on Netflix. Um, the Kardashians, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the Housewives. So, um, Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Orange County, uh, Vanderpump Rules, um, Are You the One on MTV, Married at First Sight, which is getting pretty big now. Um, just, just There's a lot, honestly. You know, I, I worked with them for six years, and it was dope because I was able to see the behind the scenes while I was working with this music supervisors mm. or people under under them, like music coordinators, working with editors in the editing bay. You'll be able to see, you know, how they edit and put the scenes together. And then, they, you know, from there, they figure out what type of music they need, and you're, you're sitting in there and you're telling them, hey, I think this music will fit for this scene and stuff like that. And it's cool because that's a collaborative uh, effort. But I think that um, 
basically, you know, knowing the, knowing the ropes of, you know, where to basically knowing, knowing your style and see how you can fit within a library. If you have a certain style, like if you make drill beats or anything like that, if you're able to understand that your style can fit, um, in any home, and as long as you can put an emotional value to it, if you can make comedic tracks with drill, you can make emotional tracks with drill or, you know, anything like that, uh, that would help you get placed. But yeah, fortunate to be able to get a lot of, a lot of different placements. Um, mm-hmm. the NBA was a big one. I got one on the Miami heat. So I was very fortunate to be able to, to get a lot of, a lot of different placements and it's still continuing to grow. Yeah. That's super awesome, man. I'm glad to see all the success you're having with it. So continue that work, bro. That's awesome. I appreciate that, man. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So let's get into kind of like your YouTube channel and what you've been doing on Instagram and all the other social platforms. How do you think you've been able to effectively use social media to your advantage as far as content creation goes uh just sticking to my like one niche i think before i was trying to do too many different things when i first started i was focused on seeing what the trends were you know that where the trends were going and trying to just mm-hmm. keep up with that instead of just knowing that you know i have experience in one lane that most people don't have and i have a different angle from it as well so you know being able to kind of just hone in on the the thing that i know the most spread that spread as much knowledge about that subject as possible um and then learning a new learning a new route as well at the at the same time so i can be able to you know teach that as well so that's that's something that's really been helping me you know that's been sync licensing i really want to help producers get in that lane because as you said during covid you know if you're a live you know a live musician that that hurt you that hurt you a lot Mm. and being able to have that back-end royalty money we're getting royalty checks every three to four months um from bmi and that really helps, you know, that that's extra a few thousand dollars that I'm getting or whatever, however much that I'm getting. And people can people live off this. People legit live off of just sync licensing alone. So um, my, my job right now is just to educate and just uh, tell my story and show my story as much as possible along that journey about, you know, what I what I've learned along the way. Mm, absolutely. And like your your social media, like very eye catching, like your thumbnails and everything. So spot on bro. absolutely spot on is there anything you have coming up as far as projects or maybe content you're working on that you want to reveal here to us i know you can't probably talk about a lot of like the sync stuff or anything you're working on specifically but is there anything we can expect from you coming up that uh is exciting for you yeah i'm working on a movie movie with a couple of friends that we got um accepted onto which is really dope but i can't discuss it much in detail yet but it's coming out. I think it's coming out later this year. Um, we just finished up doing music for it, scoring, you know, a lot of it. So that's a really dope project that I'm excited about because I've never worked on a movie before. And then um, uh, I have a lot of sync stuff coming up that I still work on. I do a lot of stuff for uh, Real Housewives of Potomac because I'm from that area, Northern Virginia, D.C. area. So I understand that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as content, I have more content coming up as far as sync licensing. And I want to kind of just attack you know, the short-term content that's being really popularized right now, you know, as far as like TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, mm-hmm. and trying to trying to take, you know, educate on a, a clear and simple um, pathway as much as possible as far as sync licensing and music producers who are trying to get into either beat sales or, um, you know, uh, anything like that. So that's kind of my focus right now. And then bringing back the podcast, I had a podcast, I started like five episodes, but I wasn't as prepared as you and didn't uh, <laughs> queue up. Um, so I, I definitely learned something, you know, from you. Actually, oh, before we even started this conversation, that I, d- I definitely need to queue up again and start getting more people, um, you know, already ready and prepared. Yeah. So 
But congrats to you to your uh, 50th, 50th episode release today. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And I didn't even know you had a podcast. So, like, yeah, please get that going because I want to check that out for sure. That that, for sure. that sounds amazing. And it, and it sounds like you would have even more interesting stuff to talk about on your podcast. Because, like you said, you have, like, a niche and everything. You could probably go into a lot of stuff that I would find helpful at least. So, yeah, absolutely do that. And I'm looking forward to that movie. That sounds interesting. Is that, like, a short sure. film or is it going to be, like, uh, like, in theaters or, like... If you can it's gonna it's being, it's being presented at you know the movie festivals. I can't remember which movie festival it's gonna be presented at, but it's it's not like a, a like a big movie or anything like that. It's it's a lower grade movie, but still it's dope. Still, I think yeah. that this is their first or second movie that they shot. But I've already seen the cut, and we already you know cut cut to picture basically made music to to the picture and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty dope. Yeah, awesome. I'll I'll have to be on the lookout for that. If you like end up posting it up, I'll kind of see what it's all about. So only a couple more questions for you, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, if you could go back sure. 10 years ago, maybe give yourself advice, maybe not change anything at all, what do you think you would do? I think that the biggest thing that I would work on or tell myself is uh, just don't be fearful. Don't, don't, don't create or don't try to grow from a place of doubt and fear. I think that as musicians, we're kind of we're conditioned to think that it, it's hard, it's super hard to quote unquote make it and I think that the definition of make it now is way different than it was before Mm -hmm. I think that if you're able to just create your own lane and sustain off of your music that is that is making it your success is defined by you whatever your where the ideal is whatever is your purpose in life as far as your music and stuff like that is up to you and and it doesn't have to be put on a a timestamp. it doesn't need to be like oh I need to be this type of producer five years from now Uh, I think that just being able to create flawlessly and kind of connect with your creativity, understand why you create, understand the history of why you create. Like, is there a family member that was a musician? Is there somebody that you're inspired by that was a musician that kind of helped you understand that this is what you want to do? And I think that's something that I would tell myself because when I was younger, I would live in a place of doubt and fear and that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to amount to anything. And I was selling music online and not really getting many sales and stuff like that. And that would discourage me. And I think that being able to understand that this stuff is like, not to be, too spiritual or i'm not really religious or anything but i like this is it's a blessing to be able to do what we do as far as being a creative um and that's in any sense whether you create music or you know create woodwork or anything like that i think that being able to just make an idea come out of nowhere and put it together is really dope so that's that's what i would advise myself is Mm. just lift past the doubt and the fear exactly the mindset shift is such an important thing that's where everything starts like if you can do that then no one can really tell you anything. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that's, exactly. That's huge. I completely agree with that. So 10 years from now, where do you think you see yourself, like your career and your life? Oh, man, that's a good question. I think 10 years from now, I see myself uh, having a business with multiple products, having a, a team under me that we work together and helping different producers um, create a lane for themselves, more specifically with sync licensing and I think direct licensing as well. I see that um, there's a lot of different lanes and a lot of different opportunities coming up. Like, you know, with augmented reality right now, um, I think that people underutilize the fact that that's going to be a lane for more entertainment, more music. Mm. Any, anywhere that's entertainment, they need music. So that's that's the, the evergreen part of our, our industry is that it always changes in a different way. Music is always changing. So being able to understand and be an early adapter of what is going to be um, – working is going to be important. So owning a business where I provide a, a music catalog to some type of company 
um, and having a team under me and helping out different way. You know, I, my goal is to get at least a hundred producers placed within the next year. So having a lot of producers, um, be able to capitalize off their music artists as well. And just being able to help people grow as well as grow myself and provide a job for people and provide, you know, a sustainable lifestyle for tons of different musicians out there. Mm -hmm. I think you can achieve that, man. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to all you got going for sure. Do you have any final words of wisdom today? Words of wisdom? I think that uh, I've been touching on this, but like I said, just being able to be in tune with your creativity, that's the most important thing. Like this monetary life, like all that stuff, Mm -hmm. of course it matters. But at the end of the day, people who would create music without the money, like without the money coming, that's that's what's important. Those, Those are the people who make a difference. If you can hone in and create from what you're feeling and have somebody be able to feel that, feel your expression through your music. That's, that's important. Um, I'm sure there's songs that you felt when you're sad or you felt that you're, when you're happy, that brought out an emotion within you and you need to be able to understand within yourself that you can create that same feeling for somebody else. And you need to, you need to pass that to somebody else as well. So Mm. I think that staying on your mission, staying on your lane, find your purpose, uh, be be driven by your purpose. Don't let the don't let other people's outside judgment judgment direct you or, or influence you. Just be influenced with with this. Be influenced within yourself. What you hear in your head, what your mind is telling you, you want to do. That's your that's your ultimate calling. So that's that's mm-hmm. the words of wisdom that I would pass on to anybody out there. I absolutely love that man, and it really does start with the passion. Because if you if the passion isn't there, nothing's gonna work. Like that's what people don't For understand sure. is like it has to be there to even do any of this stuff that we're all doing sure. so it's that's great man i love it and that's a great way to end the episode man that's all i have for you today uh man i, I, I just it, man. appreciate the time because like i really like all the innovative things you're trying to do as far as like building your brand and just giving people the information like that's why i created this podcast is just for this information for people and i hope we're helping people and i think we are you know what i mean i think we just got to keep doing Definitely. doing this thing and i wish you luck on everything you got coming up man Likewise, man. I really appreciate you having me on. Congrats again on your 50th episode, man. That's really, that's a big, that's, that's big, man. And keep going, keep pushing and keep spreading that information, bro. It definitely makes a difference. And you're, you're making a difference for the community and it's dope to see you be able to create your own lane and help everybody else grow at the same time. So keep, keep pushing at it. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm definitely going to have to have you on the podcast as well. Oh man. yeah. Just hit me up anytime. I will make the time if I don't have it, man. Thanks guys for listening today. That was episode number 53. We'll be back same time next week. As always, hit the support button on your podcast streaming platform if you want to send any funds, and we'll see you then. Thank you very much.